0: Yes, it is a work day. So uh, wishing you a great day today. I uh, have on the line with us a woman who I deeply admire, Laura Carno. She has uh, such a heart for the rights for everyday hardworking individuals to be able to protect themselves and their families. Uh, unfortunately, there's are some uh, Democrat, the, the activist progressive, uh, that have taken over the Democrat Party and which have taken over the the Democrat Party here in Colorado. This is no longer the party of J.F.K. This is radical progressive activists, and uh, they have introduced legislation down at the the State House that would make it more difficult for everyday people to protect themselves. It is um, let's see, House Bill nineteen eleven seventy seven. So, Laura Carno, welcome to the Americhicks with Kim Munson. What is going on down there?
1: good morning and thanks for having me on to chat about this uh so folks might remember that there was a red flag bill uh dropped last year very late it ended up failing and so now that the democrats are in charge of both chambers of um, the legislature uh, they've made it even worse than what was um, a bad bill last year that i um uh, many people including myself opposed last year so here's what red flag is supposed to mean it's supposed to mean, hey, this person who has firearms is dangerous. So think about the um, the young man who shot up that school in Parkland, Florida. He was crying out for help, um, saying, I am a danger to other people. Please stop me. And government at every level failed him there. Um, so, so the idea is... Um, I can get my head around the idea, let's say it that way, um, that we do want to make sure that people who are about to break um, don't have access to tools that would, um, you know, cause them to be able to kill lots of people. I get the idea behind that. But the devil is always in the details, Ken. Right. This one is really, really bad. So I'll, I'll put it in a couple of different buckets. One is there's no due process for... Um, good law-abiding people to be protected. And that's because um, there are lots of people who could say that a person is dangerous and should have his or her firearms taken away. And there's very little recourse if somebody files um, files this request uh, fraudulently, very little. Mm-hmm. So you might that have somebody that might that.
0: be mad at you and they know that you have firearms. and so they could, in essence, Go to authorities and say they think you're a danger. Is that in and is that kind of where we're at?
1: Yeah, um, kind of. They they have to have had some sort of relationship with you. So let's give an example. Um, let's say that um, let's say that I have a boyfriend. We live together, and we break up, and I leave. Um, either of us, because we've lived together, could say that person is a danger just because I'm ticked off that we broke broke up or whatever, um, and. Um, I won't know anything about it until police arrive at my house with a search warrant to remove my firearms. Zero due process. And, and Kim, today, without any red flag bill, if I have concerns about an ex, a sibling, a neighbor, whoever, I, I don't need a red flag bill to go to law enforcement and say, hey, this person is a danger. What happens then, today, is law enforcement investigates it. They send a detective, they send a a deputy, whomever, to go assess the situation with their investigative training. If this red flag bill passes, um, there is no investigation. It makes everybody an investigator. They go straight to the judge with a much lower um, barrier to... um, and you know how people could be turned in for like a 72-hour mental health hold. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a really reduced barrier um, to get over, to have somebody um, have their firearms taken away. And then the other big bucket that I'm concerned about, so that, that big bucket was the due process, and there's a million different pieces to that, including immediate suspension of your concealed carry permit. Um, but the other big bucket is... Let's say that there's really a crisis going on. Let's say that there's really somebody in a mental health situation. Um, let's say that there are a man, there's a man and a woman living together. They're married, and the, the wife says, my husband's dangerous, he's threatening me, um, please come help, and they take his gun. They don't take the person. Um, if this woman feels like she is being threatened, they come take the gun under this red flag legislation they leave the man, and they, they leave all the knives. They leave his hands that he could choke her with. They leave his car that he could run her over with. They're not actually addressing the mental health mm-hmm, issue. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just as if they took the power drill from his garage. Mm-hmm. They just took one of the tools. So this is terrible, terrible, terrible. The, um, the hearing is on Thursday of this week at 1.30 uh, in the House uh, Old Library committee
0: room. Okay, 130. Um, you know, that's a really interesting point. In uh, as much as if there is somebody in a situation where they would be of such a danger that their firearms should be taken with away from them, it doesn't seem like we should keep them out on the street then. Instead of taking their firearms, they probably should be uh, evaluated. Yes, I, I mean, this is clearly... Un, I think under the surface, this is a, an attack on the ability for everyday, hardworking Coloradoans to be able to have firearms to protect themselves. I think that ultimately that is what is going on.
1: Right. And and think about an abuse that could happen along those lines where um, a couple is breaking up and um, the, I'm sorry to always put this on the man, it's just um, statistically more likely, um let's say the man wants to come back and do some harm to the woman. What keeps him under this legislation from saying she's she's a danger, um, all of these things are going on, please take her guns, he has legally then disarmed her so that he can go over and do whatever and she has no ability to protect herself with a firearm. There are so many stories, Kim, we could come up with um, how this could be abused, um, in addition to the fact that it makes ordinary people, into detectives, um, and they, they don't have that sort of um, education to, to be able to say uh, it, this is a crime, this isn't a crime. Um, it, it bypasses law enforcement and goes straight to the judge. It's um, uh, rife with uh, uh, concerns for people's um, du- you know, due process rights their right to protect themselves. Uh, There's tons of problems with this. We almost can't look at all of the problems in one segment. It's so bad. Well,
0: we'll definitely have to have you back. Due process is in the Constitution. The founders understood that if somebody is to be accused, they need to to be able to go through due process. And and so the fact that this uh, does not have due process is absolutely troubling. But one other question, and this is a scenario you may not be able to answer it, But let's say that your radical, progressive, activist cousin comes over and they stay with you for a weekend. In essence, and so they may not like, they may not not like firearms. Do you think possibly, under this scenario, uh, that they could make an accusation and your firearms could be taken away under that kind of a scenario?
1: That sort of thing certainly could be a possibility. The bill, as it's written, um, requires, I think, a little bit more living together than just staying for a week. I I need to um, check into the details. Um, But but you're right. There are a lot of people opposed to gun ownership um, by civilians like us who could call you crazy. There there are people on on Twitter today who call us crazy for being gun owners, Mm -hmm. just for Mm -hmm. being gun owners. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's rife for abuse.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so uh, a call to action. What would you suggest people do?
1: Yeah, so a call to action, go to, um, uh, let me tell you, I have not had a chance to write on this yet, go to rallyforourrights.com, it's not my organization, but Leslie Hollywood has done some great writing on it, rallyforourrights.com, they've got all of the people that you need to um, to write, all the people on the committee, um, when and where the committee is, and um, go prepare your three-minute speech, and talk about the part of this that concerns you the most. These are people who represent us. They must listen to us.
0: Okay. And so it's rallyforourrights.com, and for is F-O-R, I assume.
1: Correct. It's spelled out for our rights.com. and again, it's not my organization. I just haven't had a chance to get any writing out on it. And Leslie's done a great job.
0: Well, and and this bill dropped. You said late on Friday afternoon, uh, and so I think you were a little surprised when you saw that you were trying to get information on it at that time.
1: Right. It it, it dropped late, um, and and it. So they talked about it the day before on the, the Parkland anniversary. Um, lots of Denver media had detail on it that. Ordinary people like us didn't have access to. And then by the time the bill actually dropped and we were able to take a look at it, the media didn't quite get it right. It was worse, much worse than they uh, than they said. There's a provision that that they talked about that said that um, that a lawyer will will be provided for you. The detail of the bill says only if you're indigent. So if you're not indigent. You not only um, oh have your firearms gosh. taken away; you have to pay your own lawyer to get your gun back. That you had no, there was no due process before it was taken away. Wow! So there's, like I said, tons of aspects of this that are bad,
0: bad, bad. Okay. Well, Laura Carno, thank you so much. Keep me in the loop, and the fact that uh, I'm on at six in the morning, I think I'm probably the first media person to really get to talk to you about that. So I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to brag about that just a little bit, huh? Definitely do. Okay. Definitely do. Thanks so much, Kim. Okay. Thanks so much, Laura. Have a great day.